0: Hey, guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Monday. So the gender ideologues and the pronoun police are panicking and they're pushing back against opposition hard. Conservative activist group Moms for Liberty was kicked off Twitter for criticizing a California bill revoking the rights of parents whose children want to transition. Twitter and Reddit are censoring the word groomer to describe adults who talk to children about gender switching and sexuality. What else are we supposed to call them? We'll discuss that. A gender clinic in the UK has shut down because of concerns over child safety. It is now being reported um, that the FDA is showing that puberty blockers can cause vision loss and brain swelling in kids. We'll cover all this and more craziness today. We'll talk about what's happening, what it means, why we should care, and how we think through these things as Christians. As always, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com/slash Alley for a discount. That's goodranchers.com slash Alley. All right, quickly before we get into it, you guys wanted me to tell you about the murder mystery party. It was fun. I highly recommend it. Apparently, there are different kinds of murder mystery parties you can do. Ours was 1940s. Apparently, you can do 1980s. You could do 1920s. Maybe you can even do the 19th century. To order it online, it comes with everything that you need, all the instructions and all that. And uh, for those of you who said, who looked at my outfit and you were like, wow, you belong in the 1940s. You're telling me? You think I want to be around here when we're debating whether a man is a woman or a woman is a man or whether a man can become woman of the year? Yeah, it would be a lot easier to be alive in the 40s, but here I am to try to navigate us through the chaos. Anyway, Murder Mystery Party was really fun. Neither my husband nor I were ended up being um, the murderer, but it was great. The host did a fantastic job. All right, let me tell you something that we are um, kind of trying to do with our shows that we're not really implementing today. Uh, but we're going to try to moving forward. And so give me your suggestions and your feedback on all of this. We're going to try to start like organizing the show in bl- in 10 minute blocks. That might be impossible for me because sometimes a subject just demands like 30 minutes. And you guys know I'm very verbose. I like to be as thorough as possible, give you as much context and analysis as I possibly can. But we're going to try to start breaking up the show a little bit more and then give some like levity in between the subjects. So say we have like A through C blocks and then in between that we'll have an ad break and then maybe like a fun segment um, just to try to kind of get us out of the depths of the dregs of society, which we are constantly waiting in as we're talking about this crazy stuff. So let me know what you think about that. Um, Yeah, we're just going to try to change it up because why not? We have the freedom and autonomy to do that. Still not letting go of the seriousness of what we're talking about, but bringing in some levity and some laughs in all of it. All right. We've got this serious topic about moms for Uh, moms for liberty being suspended from twitter by saying something that you guessed it is true but before we get into it let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day that is cozy earth so hotter weather used to mean goodbye to a good night's sleep until cozy earth came around and created bedding that was not only soft luxurious but also temperature regulating we absolutely love our cozy earth sheets i can always tell immediately when we've got our cozy earth sheets on because they are softer than any other thing that we own uh cozy earth sheets are made from 100 viscals from bamboo which means they're breathable and moisture wicking so you'll sleep degrees cooler than cotton and never worry about hot flashes Again, Cozy Earth even offers a 100-night sleep trial. This means that you have up to 100 nights to sleep on it, wash it and try it out. If you're not completely in love, just send it back for a full refund. Cozy Earth sheets are now available in four natural colors for a limited time save 35% on Cozy Earth bamboo bedding. Go to cozyearth.com/ally to save 35% now, all backed by a 100-night sleep guarantee. That's how confident they are that you will love it. Go to cozyearth.com/ally for 35% off. That's cozyearth.com/ally. So this is according to National Review. Twitter suspended the parental rights organization Moms for Liberty on Monday for posting a tweet that accused backers of a California, quote, gender affirming health care bill of endangering children by facilitating out of state tourism for youth gender transition Treatments. Their tweet said that got them suspended gender dysphoria is a mental health disorder that is being normalized by predators across the U.S. California kids are at extreme risk from predatory adults. Now they want to liberate children all over the country. Does a double mastectomy on a preteen sound like progress? So the social media platform, according to National Review, locked the Moms for Liberty account in response, claiming that the comment violated its rule against hateful conduct, which forbids the promotion of violence on the basis of gender and gender identity, so-called gender identity. Now, this has happened to me twice for saying that men who identify as women, who call themselves women, who have declared themselves female, are actually men. In other words, I've been suspended, as many other conservatives have, for telling the truth. Now, last time this happened, I was able to appeal it. This was, I got suspended for complaining about the Fox News segment, which glorified a young child being Transitioned from female to male by his parents when he was only a toddler. And I basically said, this is really sad. This is a girl. His parents shouldn't be doing this. Fox News certainly shouldn't be promoting this completely uncritically. Honestly, still can't believe that happened. And yeah, Twitter suspended me for that. And they say, okay, once you delete the tweet, then you'll be suspended for 12 hours. During that time, you can't do anything. I think you can actually like look on Twitter. You can't send any DMs. That's kind of a new feature, actually. The first time I got suspended, I'm pretty sure I was allowed to send DMs but it wouldn't let me send like a screenshot of the suspension. But now you can't send DMs and you can't like retweet. You can't like, you basically can't function on Twitter at all, but it doesn't actually show. So if you went to the Moms for Liberty page or my page when I was suspended, it doesn't say this account has been suspended. You can't tell at all. You're just kind of basing it on that person's word. So Twitter will tell you, you have to delete this tweet and then your suspension will start after that, you can log back in in 12 hours. Well, a lot of people don't want to delete the tweet because they feel like that's kind of compromising. That's acquiescing. That's basically affirming what Twitter is saying, that this is a form of violence. Now, I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think you just kind of have to weigh it and decide. The last time this happened to me, as I said, I appealed it and I actually won that appeal, which was kind of surprising. I actually think it's because a lot of people raised a ruckus about it and said, this is ridiculous that she got kicked off Twitter. I think Twitter probably just didn't want to deal with it. And so they allowed me back in without having to delete the tweet. Thankfully, the tweet is still up. Monster Liberty is now back on Twitter. I don't know if they deleted the tweet or if they appealed and won, but they are back on Twitter. However, this is still obviously very disturbing that people are getting suspended. People are getting kicked off these platforms for telling the truth. Obviously, this has been going on for a long time. I'm not the first. Moms for Liberty is certainly not the first. Megan Murphy, she is a feminist activist. She's been on this show before. She was kicked off Twitter, I think, back in 2018. She might have been one of the first people kicked off Twitter for, quote unquote, misgendering someone, calling a man he who identifies as a she. And she, Has never been allowed back on the platform. So basically, this is Twitter's Ministry of Truth. Telling the truth about someone is violence. So, like, calling a man he is violence, but mutilating the genitals of minors is not violence, which is exactly what Moms for Liberty was complaining about a bill that makes it easier for minors to have their genitals mutilated. So, Moms for Liberty is opposing actual violence. This is what the California bill that they were opposing publicly on Twitter says. This is California Senate Bill 107. Quote, it would or this is according to National Review, their summary of the bill would prohibit California law enforcement agencies from arresting an individual pursuant to an out of state arrest warrant based on another state's law against providing or allowing a child to receive so-called gender affirming health care. It would also outlaw the extradition of an individual charged with violating another state's law, prohibiting the facilitation of, quote, gender affirming health care for children, noted the bill would also authorize a court to take temporary jurisdiction because a child has been unable to obtain gender affirming health care. Very important for me to put scare quotes around that. So if a child wanted to travel to California for puberty blockers and they could figure out a way to do that without the help of their parents or that a minor wanted to go there for a surgical castration or a double mastectomy with or without the consent of the parents, the state cannot intervene. Now, the author of this bill, Scott Wiener, yes, that is his name. He said that he wants to make California a sanctuary state for trans kids. Now, as I've said before, there's no such thing as a trans kid. I mean, really, there's no such thing as it. There's, there's no such thing as transgender really. There is male, there is female, and then there is confusion. There are people who want to identify it as something that is the opposite of what they are. But this idea of a trans kid, it's imaginary. It's not real. There are parents that push this on their children. There are children who may be genuinely confused. There are children who suffer from gender dysphoria. But this idea that you can actually transition to another gender, it's not real. Um, this is also the same legislator, Scott Weiner, who decriminalized uh, sex between adults and minors as long as the age gap or allowed the as long as the age gap is 10 years then the adults did not have to register does not have to register in the state of California as a sex offender so I mean you're talking 24 and 14 you're talking 20 years old and 10 years old that 20 year old doesn't have to register as a sex offender thanks to Scott Weiner, who said that that was um, the law that made that adult register as a sex offender was anti-LGBTQ. That's interesting. He also is responsible for the bill that is now a law that lessened the penalties for knowingly and secretly infecting someone with HIV. So great track record, this guy. So he keeps his platform, but those who criticize him don't. I mean, this is the definition of calling evil good and good evil. I mean, how is it difficult for someone to see what is right and what is wrong in all of this? What is good? What is bad? I mean, you just have to have, I guess, a deluded mind like Romans 1 describes. But how could any professing Christian not see what is right and what is wrong in all of this? Moms for Liberty also says that they've gotten kicked off PayPal for their views. So an organization of moms that is pushing back against harmful gender ideology, racial division in schools unscientific and dangerous mask mandates in schools, they get punished, while the people who push this destruction get rewarded. If you want to know who has the power in society, look who gets rewarded for consistently being wrong. Moms for Liberty and other concerned parents take a beating in the press constantly from left-wing activists, from school boards, from teachers' unions, Biden's Department of Justice, who refer to concerned parents as domestic terrorists. This group, Moms for Liberty, is often called fascist extremists. Of course, that's projection from the people who actually are those things. Uh, Those who oppose critical race theory in schools are called white supremacists. Those who oppose gender ideology are called bigots. Those who oppose mask mandates are called grandma killers. Um, I spoke to a lot of these people who have been on the receiving end of this kind of ugliness and hate um, at the Moms for Liberties uh, at the Moms for Liberties uh, national event. It was their first national event last month in Tampa. And I met a lot of these women. I mean, they're salt of the earth people. They are genuine. They are kind. They are joyful. They simply care about their kids. They want the children of their communities to be free, to have a good education without the poisonous left wing activism that we see infecting curriculum today to be able to go to the library without picking out a graphic novel that is basically pornography. Uh, These women have had their jobs, their lives, their families, their status in their communities threatened, and not just women, but also men, also dads, also grandparents. And this is the high cost of being right. This is the high cost of swimming upstream. We talk about Being a salmon, swimming upstream, when it's so much easier to just swim downstream with everyone else. It is difficult to swim upstream. And yet, these women, this organization, Moms for Liberty, is doing that. And yet, there is a cost to it. And the hope uh, by the bullies in the media, in the left wing activist class, is that the cost will be too high, that you'll count the cost and say, I don't want to pay that. They know that if you're threatened by the state, if you're deplatformed by corporations, defunded by financial institutions, mocked by your peers, bullied by local officials, maligned by the media, that you'll stop, that you'll fall in line, that you'll go back to being apathetic about your kids because that's what most people do. But let me tell you what I told Moms for Liberty a few weeks ago. Do not back down. Don't back down. You double down. Because, see, these people are afraid. I told you a few weeks ago that Media Matters, that they did this big hit piece on me that actually ended up being a huge compliment. They basically said, I'm a Christian mom and wife, and I think that other women would benefit from being Christians and moms and wives, and then I allow my Christian worldview to characterize everything I think, say, and do. I was like, thank you so much, Media Matters. But one of the things that they said in the article, and I guess a part that they thought was damning, is that I am apparently associated with, with Moms for Liberty, which I'm actually not officially. I just love them. I support them. And I spoke at one of their events. I think they are great people and a great organization that have done that's done great work. I'm not officially associated with them, but Media Matters comes this all together um, because they're afraid. They're afraid that normal moms like me and you are reaching other normal moms and that we see uh, what they're doing. We see what these activists, what these teachers unions, what these school boards, what these schools, what these politicians are doing. And they're afraid that we're speaking up about it and that we're doing something about it. They thought that we were going to be that they were going to be able to recruit our children without us saying anything. They thought that they were going to be able to push gender confusion and racial division and medical tyranny without any of us noticing or speaking up. They thought they could manipulate us and bully us and silence us. And now they're realizing that they can't. And they're terrified. They're terrified that we're making a difference. And to that, I say, good. We haven't even gotten started yet indignant moms and dads will be the determining force for this country. We are done. We are done being complacent. We are done being quiet. Anyone who tries to indoctrinate our kids with godless backwards values, anyone who steps on the rights of parents to seek the best interest of their kids, if anyone tries to do these things and will not get out of the way, we will move them teachers' unions, corporations, school boards, city councils, state representatives, congressmen, governors, the president, anyone. We will rally and fundraise and make noise until they are stripped of their titles and their power. They answer to us, not the other way around. They, the state, is not our co-parent. Every totalitarian government throughout history has made a priority of driving a wedge between parent and child, to recruit children into their armies. Every tyrannical force has sought to obliterate the bond of the family, to replace the parent with the state. We will not let them. We will not let them. We will keep sharing arrows with each other. We will keep linking arms. We will keep standing up with each other. We will keep remembering that courage begets courage, that when you don't have courage, I will let you share some of mine and vice versa. We will keep raising a respectful ruckus. We will keep standing up, speaking up and pushing back until people realize that we are not going to allow them to recruit, to indoctrinate, to, yes, groom our children. So there are a few things that you can do. You can start a Mom's or Liberty chapter in your area. You can join an existing chapter. You can show up in numbers and full force, exercise every bit of liberty that you can in organizing and pushing back against the harmful policies in your school district at your children's school. You unapologetically push your values in every sphere that you occupy. Progressives do. You think that when progressives are reading kindergartners books like Jack Not Jackie, Or encouraging them to play around with pronouns or to reject the gender binary. That they're not pushing their own ideology and pseudo-religious beliefs on your child. They are. Chris Rufo just published a thread on what Portland Public Schools are teaching their elementary schoolers. um, That white colonizers created the idea of male and female. They're giving graphic anatomy lessons in kindergarten that argue that girls can have penises and boys can have vaginas. They, um, in fifth grade, the students are forced to memorize and recite these maxims about using correct pronouns and affirming the history of black trans women. And this is not just happening in Portland, it is probably in some form in your school district right now. I've seen similar stories from Texas suburbs, rural schools in Ohio, Virginia, Georgia, Alabama, Florida. No school district is immune. No school is immune, even private schools, because progressivism, like cancer, metastasizes and destroys every time and in every way. These progressive activists say that they fear a theocracy, that Christian nationalism is threatening to take over the school system. But they're actually lying. They're not scared of theocracy. They just want their own theocracy. They actually just fear Christianity, which has always posed a threat to totalitarianism. They want to force your children to worship their God, to recite their secular progressive catechism, to bow down to their altars, to conform themselves to their idols. The world wants to disciple your children. Do not let them. That is what we are here for to stand in the gap. That is our role as parents to steward our time and our responsibility as vigilantly, as diligently as possible for the sake of our kids, and for the sake of the most vulnerable. What do we always say? Children are always the unconsenting subjects of progressive social experiments. This is another form of child sacrifice, taking on a new form. We've seen child sacrifice throughout history. What has been the role of Christians always throughout history to stop it? That's been the role of God's people, and we will not stop now. All right, before we get into this debate about groomers and the censorship of groomers and talking about, okay, what should we actually call them to try to skirt this ban? Let me pause uh, and tell you about our second sponsor for the day. That is Carly Jean Los Angeles. Carly Jean Los Angeles is an amazing clothing company. I am actually not wearing Carly Jean Los Angeles today, which is very rare. I am, I wear them every day because I love the company so much. I genuinely love their clothes. I also love that they have a whole line of clothes, their basics line, which is all made in America. That's very rare. Most companies don't really care about where they're sourcing their clothes from, where it's being made. Carly Jean Los Angeles is different, not just in that way, but in every way. I mean, this is a women's clothing company that aligns with our values. So when you send them your money, you don't have to worry about them turning around and sending the money to Planned Parenthood or organizations that are actively opposing the things that you believe in. So if you're looking for a company to support that also supports you and the things that you hold dear, if you're looking for cute basic clothes that work in any season of life, go to CarlyGeneLosangeles.com. You can use promo code Allie Basic, and on your first order, you'll save 20% off of your first of, of your first order of USA Made Basics. So that's CarlyGeanLosangeles.com, Basic for 20% off your first order of USA made basics. Allie basic at CarlyGeneLosangeles.com another word for people who want to drive a wedge between children and those who protect them, their parents and guardians, the people who have their best interest and their well-being at heart, groomers. That's another word for them. There's really no better word. Groomers. And when we say groomers, go back and listen to my recent conversation with James Lindsay where we discussed this and why this word is appropriate to what we're talking about. We're not necessarily we're not necessarily using that word for the purpose that it is typically uh, used used for. Uh, we're not necessarily talking about adults who are grooming children for direct physical sexual assault, although that is part of it. And like I would argue that taking a child to a drag show where you have a man who is dressed in fake boobs and fishnets and a thong, twerking for money, I would say that that is a form of sexual abuse. Maybe the child is not being physically touched. Maybe you could argue that it is psychological abuse, but it is absolutely abusive. Um, I always think about that verse, and it's in Song of Solomon. It's probably in the first chapter of Song of Solomon, where it says, do not arouse or awaken love until it's so desires. And I think that in context, that is also talking about lust, that is also talking about physical desire. We know that there are some serious psychological, lifelong psychological and sexual repercussions to introducing, of introducing a child to pornography, to sexual subjects, to sexual interactions at an early age. Um, That can set them up for all kinds of failure and yes, also make them vulnerable prey. So it's a very, serious thing when we're talking about the dangers of drag queen story hour when we're talking about sending kids to pride parade where there is always nudity where there's always kink introducing kids to subjects that have to do with each other's genitalia, that have to do with sexuality, especially when it's not the parents that are introducing these things to their kids in a way that is like age appropriate and is actually safe for them. When it's adults without the consent in the presence of the parent introducing kids to these things, that is especially disturbing. And yes, that is a form of grooming. It is at the very least ideological grooming if not sexual grooming. It is, I often call it gender grooming. You are introducing kids to an idea that they were not naturally thinking about. I don't care what you say. A three-year-old girl is not thinking, hmm, maybe... I'm, you know, maybe it's possible to go by they, maybe it's possible to switch my gender. They're still trying to figure out, yes, in some ways, what and who they are, what and who everyone else is. Kids are constantly putting things into categories. They're constantly labeling things. Like you notice that if you're around your own kids or other kids, like you notice they're constantly trying to make their world smaller. And that makes sense for their sense of safety and their own sense of identity and place In the world, the world is really new to them. It's really big to them. So if they can make it smaller, if they can order things so that things make more sense, so that things are more predictable, so that things um, are, are clear to them, then that helps them function, right? Like that helps them interact with other people. That helps them feel protected. That helps them feel safe. That's not only normal for young kids. That's really good. That's really healthy. And so when you throw that off, especially when it comes to something Um, so fundamental, like gender. And when you throw that child into chaos, that's going to cause a lot of harm. Not to mention, it's just not true. It's just not true that a man can become a woman and vice versa. And you could be leading them down a a path of really serious, not just psychological harm, but physical harm when you are talking about puberty blockers and um, transitioning and all of that stuff. And so... This word groomer has become more prevalent on social media, especially when it comes to the videos that Libs of TikTok posts on her Twitter, teacher after teacher, adult after adult, even parent after parent talking about they're teaching young children about switching genders. And so rather than taking the normal approach, of saying, yeah, this is really bad, and like adults shouldn't be talking to kids about this. Um, Reddit has just banned the word groomer, and then Twitter has jumped onto that. They suspended Jenna Ellis for um calling an adult who was doing this a groomer, and James Lindsay as well. I think they're both back on Twitter now, but they are clearly punishing people once again for telling the truth. The Daily Dot reported on this, the subreddit. Uh, our political compass memes has a moderating team that informed it's half a million subscribers that the platform had decided that the term groomer was officially hate speech. I've seen people call it an anti LGBTQ slur, which is just really interesting. Like, It's just interesting that you see it as that because I'm not calling all people who identify as gay or lesbian or bisexual groomers or predators or pedophiles. That's not what I'm saying. I haven't seen anyone say that. I haven't seen anyone say that everyone who is confused about their gender or everyone who is attracted to the same sex is trying to make the younger generation feel that way or identify as that I'm not, I'm not saying that. And so I think it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting that they are saying that this is banned because because it is an uh anti-LGBTQ slur. It's kind of like the whole like monkeypox scandal um where they were saying oh it's homophobic to say that okay maybe men should stop going to gay orgies for a little bit so they stopped passing monkey pox around that same state legislator we were talking about earlier scott weiner who he was it's just it's all so muddled he of course was on board uh, on on board with a uh, vaccine and mask mandates but he is now saying that telling gay men not to have sex with a bunch of like random partners in a week is just not feasible and it's not a public health strategy. It's also crazy. I just think it's a tell, though, if you're saying that it is homophobic to say that you can't go to gay orgies, you're basically saying that gay orgies is so integral to homosexuality that it can't be extricated. Very interesting. So once again, we have been placed in this Orwellian dystopia. We've been placed right in the middle of 1984, where accurate language is being censored. It's being memory hold. It is being policed. Policing the language um, plays a very important and can be a very um, destructive role in shaping the culture. And when you control the cultural megaphones like Reddit and Twitter, and you can limit the words that people use, then of course you control The culture, you control public opinion because policing language eventually, as we see in 1984, limits people's range of thought. So it is a form of thought policing. Um, But also, ironically, minimizing the language that people can use to describe violative acts is a tactic of groomers. That's one reason sexual predators target children. They know that children, very young children, often don't have the words to describe what is being done to them and why it's wrong. And here we are with them saying that we can't actually say that the grooming that they're doing is grooming. So, if we want to get around the ban, what should we what should we call them instead? What sh- nickname should we have? So I asked you guys on Twitter some of the suggestions were better than others, I will say. So there are a few top contenders and we can maybe we can have a vote and maybe I'll put the poll on Twitter or I'll put the poll on Instagram and we can have a vote for what uh what we call them and maybe we can just kind of shorten it to an acronym so it will make it harder for it to be uh for it to be censored so some options that you guys came up with instead of groomer pronoun predator rainbow recruiter that's a good one kid creepers someone said you should just say where you take your dog to get a haircut That's a little wordy, but I get what you're going for. And then we've got some acronyms that you guys came up for or came up with PAGS, predatory adult groomers, PERV, this is clever, PERV, P-E-R-V, people eager to remove virtue, LOL. And then someone came up with A4, adults after adolescent affirmation. And you know, that's actually like a very profound point. I think it is this perverse and weird desire from a lot of these adults like to get the affirmation and attention of adolescents and they should probably dig a little bit deeper to ask themselves why that is so let me know what your favorite is pronoun predator rainbow recruiter kid creeper But Kid Creeper kind of seems to denote that it's the kids that's doing the creeping, which it's really adults. And so then you've got PAGS, predatory adult groomers, PERV, people eager to remove virtue, A4, adults after adolescent affirmation. So tell me what you think um, that we should be using. Or if you have another suggestion, let me know and I'll put a poll up on Instagram. All right. Now we're going to talk about um, just shortly a little bit of the real life harm that all of this is doing that will tie it all together And just quickly summarize how we should be thinking about all of this craziness as Christians. But I got to pause and tell you about a new sponsor today. And I'm really excited to tell you about them. This is an awesome company with an awesome product. And actually is perfectly fitting for what we're talking about. Um, Covenant Eyes is an American company that at its core wants to help Christians in the U.S. in their fight for purity and specifically against online pornography. So over the past 22 years, our friends at Covenant Eyes have walked with over 1.5 million people toward a porn-free life. I know that porn can be a difficult issue to talk about either in your own life or with your friends or with your kids. But if your faith, your marriage, and your family are as important to you as I know that they are, you should really give Covenant Eyes a look. We both know that social media and the internet can lead people into a trap, especially in this over-sexualized world. And that is where Covenant Eyes is a huge help. Just one account gives you unlimited gives you unlimited users with protection for an unlimited number of devices like cell phones, computers, iPads, and tablets. That's your whole family for one price. The best part, the protection is on the device itself. It goes wherever you go. Today, Covenant Eyes is offering you a free 30-day trial so you can see for yourself what a blessing it can be. Visit covis.com slash Try it free for 30 days, covis.com slash All right. I want to talk about the real life harm of this ideology and how it is hurting children, not just psychologically, but physically. So this was reported by The Daily Wire. FDA officials warn of brain swelling and vision loss in minors using puberty blockers. Huh. Who would have thought? That disrupting the natural process of a human being's body, of an adolescent's body, a child's body, and its most formative years would have consequences. Now, we know that it has consequences in a lot of ways. You're talking, in some cases, permanent sterility. Um, You are talking about basically chemical castration in some ways, especially when when it leads to cross-sex hormones. Um, in boys, I mean, you are talking about long-term irreversible damage, even though the Biden administration has put out misinformation saying that it, puberty blockers are totally irreversible. No, it's not. You're actually—go listen to my episode with Genevieve Gluck. We'll link it in the description. We'll link that and the episode with James Lindsay— both of those episodes are doing like insanely they're I mean, they're doing insanely well, especially on the listening side, because so many people are sharing it because the revelations that both those guests shared when it comes to the subject are just truly mind blowing. Go listen to them if you haven't um already. But the sick part of this is that puberty blockers really does trap a person like in a permanent, um, in a permanent place of adolescence. And we're not just talking about your body, but in some ways in your mind too. You know that brain development requires puberty. And when you stop that, you are actually hurting um, the person's ability to develop mentally. And then again, you just have to ask yourself, like for what purpose? Who benefits? Who benefits from locking a child in adolescence, both mentally and physically? Maybe you should ask yourself that. So I'm glad the FDA is at least sounding the alarms um, about other things, other consequences of puberty blockers. So here's what the Daily Wire says. FDA officials said there is a plausible association between using puberty blockers and pseudotumor cerebri, a pseudotumor tumor that displays symptoms similar to brain tumors. This association was identified in six young girls between the ages of five and 12. Five patients were undergoing treatment for central precocious puberty. So this is not um, when it comes to, this is not, gender transition, although these are the same treatments used for gender transition. These particular patients were actually on puberty blockers because they started puberty too early. Sometimes that can happen, particularly in girls. So these five patients were undergoing treatment for central precocious puberty, a condition which causes puberty to appear in girls before eight years old and in boys before nine years old. But one of them, one of them, actually, according to this report, was for transgender care. So we are an uh, interesting phrasing there, but um, we are talking about between the ages of five and 12, one of them had puberty blockers for so-called transgender care. Other effects of the treatment were visual disturbances, headaches, vomiting, high blood pressure, brain swelling, and neuropathy, eye movement paralysis. The FDA has also said that the cases are clinically serious and determined that a warning should be added to all puberty blocking pro- products approved for pediatric patients the florida department of health which is very based based on the currently available evidence encouraging mastectomy over ovariectomy, uterine uh, extirpation, penile disablement, tracheal shave, the prescription of hormones, which are out of line with the genetic makeup of the child, or puberty blockers are all clinical practices which run an unacceptably high risk of doing harm. This is all true. This is going to be like the many, many, many scientific treatments, medical treatments that we have been told are totally fine, that are totally healthy, That are great and should be given to children indiscriminately. We are going to find out more and more the destruction that they have wrought. We talked last week with Dr. Bhattacharya, an epidemiologist from Stanford, not just about the failed COVID response, but also the scandal surrounding um, Alzheimer's treatment and also the kind of not great science behind uh, prescribing SSRIs for depression. Go listen to that conversation if you haven't already. But so often we are told the science is settled and that you're crazy for questioning any of the treatments, any of the prescriptions, any of the routine procedures um, that, uh, that we're told are perfectly fine and are told are effective treatments for different kinds of maladies you're not supposed to question that because you're not supposed to question the science and then come to find out the science was wrong the scientists were wrong because human beings are fallible and therefore scientific discovery is often fallible and so we are seeing real life harm when it comes to the kids that are being treated with this so much so that a gender clinic was actually shut down in the uk uh, Tavistock Children's Transgender Clinic has been shut because of a damning report that warned that the gender clinic was not safe. And this is according to the Daily Mail. Um, In the end, it was NHS England that ordered the Tavistock Trust to close down its gender identity clinic for children in the wake of a damning review by an eminent pediatrician. But its far-reaching decision yesterday would never have been taken but for the brave voices of a few individuals who spoke out against the controversial center. Patients, parents, and even the Tavistock's own staff turned whistleblower, some putting their careers in jeopardy, uh, to warn that vulnerable children unsure about their gender were being put at risk by being prescribed powerful drugs to stop the onset of puberty. The first to raise concerns in 2005 was Sue Evans, a nurse of the Tavistock gender identity development service in north london she was worried that teens were being assessed too quickly and that treatment plans were being influenced by transgender rights groups so really it was political these kids they're being told hey this is reversible this is no big deal so they go on these puberty blockers they go on the cross-sex hormones they get the surgeries if you've read the stories of detransitioners it's awful What has been done to their bodies? What has been done to their sexual function? What has been done to their ability to bear children? Of course, they're often going to change their mind. Of course they are, because their children and their frontal lobe hasn't been developed yet. And the adults in their lives who are allowing them to do this, I mean, it's a dereliction of duty. It's a tragedy. I mean, the level of depravity in the kids who are being sacrificed on the altar of it, it's just too much to bear. And that is why we have the responsibility to speak up about this. Anyone who says it's not empathetic, or it's not loving, or it's not gentle enough, or it's not kind to say that a man can't become a woman, or a woman can't become a man, or that there's no such thing as a trans kid, they don't understand the harm that is being placed on these kids. I think it is actually the most empathetic and the most loving thing that you can do to speak out about this. I mean, there's a million other stories I wanted to get to today about the real life harm that this is causing on vulnerable women, whether it's in children or whether it's in, uh, yes, in children, but also whether it's in women's prisons, whether it's in domestic abuse shelters, whether it's in locker rooms and bathrooms and athletic teams. Unfortunately, this is happening at a consistent rate across the country. Men who identify as women are preying upon vulnerable girls and women. If you care about children. If you care about the most vulnerable, you should care about this and you should have the courage to speak up about it. Yes, you might get deplatformed. Yes, you might get bullied. Yes, someone might even say that you're not a good Christian or you're not doing the right thing or you're not uh, being loving enough. But look, the God who is love made us male and female. And therefore, the most loving thing that we can do is agree with him. I'll wrap it up with a more positive and. Uh, an additional biblical note in just one second. Let me tell you about our last sponsor of the day. And that is actually the Blaze. So Blaze TV is selling these awesome patriotic socks. If you like fun socks and if you like to support America and you like to support Blaze TV, then you should check these out. The socks are made in America from start to finish. The materials, the production, the packaging, all 100% American. They've got Different kinds. Um, They've got different kinds of socks. The favorite ones that I have that my husband and I both have or our um, Klaus Schwab, you know, from the World Economic Forum saying, eat the bugs because we're huge Good Ranchers fans. We will never eat the bugs. And then you've got like a Ron DeSantis one. You've got a Trump one. For Blaze TV subscribers, we want to thank you for your continued support. So we're sweetening the pot. Use promo code BlazeSub for 20% off your purchase The code is only available to blaze tv subscribers if you're not a subscriber you can use my promo code that's ali socks ali socks um just go to blazesocks.com and then use my code ali socks all right i tweeted something to this effect over the weekend and i think it's just a good reminder That God is a God of order. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says that for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. I think that that enlightens us as to what is good and what is evil, what is right and what is wrong, and often what side we should be on on a particular issue. Um, not just when it comes to gender, but really when it comes to anything. What we see throughout Scripture that God is a God of processes. He is a God of order. He is a God of hierarchies. Um, He is a God that cares about male-female. We see that in the very beginning. He is a God who cares about the structure of the family. We see that in the very beginning and throughout Scripture. He is a God that cares about the structure of the state. He is a God that cares about our relationships, how the world is ordered, He is God of boundaries, of definitions, of parameters, and of clarity. And he understands that if we follow these things, we will have greater peace, greater fulfillment, greater happiness, greater wisdom than if we follow our own way. Our own way is chaos. Chaos and lawlessness are always described as evil. Satan is described as uh, an agent of chaos and lawlessness throughout scripture. If you look at the book of Titus, you see how much God cares about order, the order of the family, the order of the church. We see throughout scripture that he cares about even um, the order of the state as it pertains to its authority versus the church's authority versus the state's authority. And then on the other hand, we see that lawlessness and chaos and anarchy are Evil or something to be opposed, something that God opposes and will ultimately defeat. Matthew seven twenty two through 23, Jesus says, On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Romans six nineteen. for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. So sanctification, becoming holier through the power of the Holy Spirit, is actually the opposite of lawlessness from the chaos that we see characterizing the world. Titus two twelve through fourteen. Jesus Christ, who gave Himself up for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for Himself a people for His own possession, who are zealous for good works. Satan is an agent of chaos. God is a God of order and peace. Therefore, as His ambassadors, as His follower, uh, followers, we should also be ambassadors and agents of clarity, of courage. Of peace. We should not be confused about what male is, what female is. We should not be confused about the definition of marriage. We should not be confused about the roles of men and women. We should not be confused about the roles and the order of the church, about the authority of the church versus the family versus the state. God is a God of order. He is also a God of love, and so we know that his order, his laws, his rules, his boundaries, his parameters are for our good. And the most loving thing that we can do is to represent God's good order to the world in every sphere that we occupy, come what may. We know that everyone who desires to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And so, in the and that is true whether you live in America or whether you live in the Middle East. The persecution might be different, but it's coming. It's already here. And we are called to stand firm in all of it, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do that. All right, that's all I got for today. We will see you back here tomorrow.